Hi, and thank you for joining us for the Compass Catholic Podcast. My name is Caitlin Kano. I'm joined by my co-host, Diana Rojas, as we meet every week to explore personal finance topics from an authentically Catholic perspective. On this podcast, we explore the spiritual, emotional, and economic aspects of money. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Caitlin. How are you today? I am doing good, Diana. How is your week so far? My week was pretty good. Very busy, but pretty good. I'm definitely excited to uh, be here with you. I feel like the weeks that we don't talk during our, our weekly meeting, I, I miss you and I, I miss doing the podcast. So I'm excited to have some time today. Today, it's Saturday that we're recording. So it's it'll be a nice way to start our morning is just talking together for a little bit. How was your week? Um, all good things, all blessings, lots of work, and it's a good thing to be busy, but, um, yeah, there's definitely some projects around the house that I have to do this weekend, just cleaning and and those, you know, fun homeowner type projects. Yeah. All that, all that fun. I call that adulting. Adulting. Yes. And you're like, oh, there's a lot more adulting when you have your own house. I'm like, awesome. Yes. And the funny thing is I have to remind myself constantly. Like I've been doing this adulting thing for a while, right? But I still have to remind myself that it's a thing and I have to clean bathrooms and I have to, you know, get caught up on the house projects and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you have the little ones to take care of. There's a lot of adulting in your house. It's just me to take care of. So just one adult adulting by herself, but (laughs) stuff has to get done. But I'm glad that you mentioned house stuff because we're actually going to be talking about that today. Um, Just different ways that we can house hack, um, which is I I think a term that's been more prominent these days is hacking different parts of our lives in a good way, right? Not not in a bad way. My students students like, are you hacking my computer? I'm like, no, I'm working on your computer to help you. I'm not hacking anything. But um, so just different ways we can house hack and just little ways around our house that we can save a few dollars here and there where um, it, might seem like, it might seem insignificant, but a few dollars here and there in five areas of our house can make a huge difference in our budget. So um, yeah, just different ways that we're going to share with you guys today on how to save a few dollars around your house. So um, the it. first one, Caitlin, is we've talked about this before because I actually don't have cable, but the first one is cable TV and how we can kind of save some money there. Um, do you guys have cable at your house or what kind of services do you guys use? So we recently turned off our cable and it was a hard decision to make. It took us a minute to come to this conclusion. Um, but there's a few different benefits we've experienced by turning off cable and beyond just even writing that cable that, that, you know, that payment to the the cable company every month, um, we're realizing that we're much less exposed to commercials mm-hmm. all the time. My kids are not constantly asking for the latest toy because they don't know what the latest toy is. Um, they're not seeing junk food and cereal commercials all the time. So I have to say that's an added benefit to turning off cable. It's kind of, what is the term? Turn down the dial on the consumerism within our household. So um, I've noticed that there's much less asking about uh, can I get this at the store this weekend? Um, can I get this for my birthday? Those kind of conversations have naturally been a little uh, toned down a little bit within the Kano household. So that's been a huge blessing. But beyond that, cable's really expensive. Um, and you get in this, we know because we're a military family, we move all the time. And so we get in the promo rates 
and the promo rates seem feasible. They seem like they're doable. Um, and then you hit the one year after the promo rate and it's a shock to see how much your cable bill will jump by. So, I mean, there's a few different options. If you're someone who doesn't want to turn off cable yet, you're not there and that's fine because some people, you know, like my husband loves having access to a sports and whatnot. Um, it's worth a phone call to the cable company. If you're coming up at the end of your promo period, um, give them a call. And if you've been on time with all your payments, which is another reason to be on a budget and be financially responsible, they're going to want to keep you as a customer, most likely. I can't speak for them, but they're going to want to keep you. So that's worth a phone call to them to see if you can keep on that promo rate um, or get on the new promotional rate and see if you can keep your cable bill low. But if it's not worth that much to you or they're not willing to work with you and keep that promotional rate um, in something that's a little bit more feasible to your budget, cut the cable cord. It's not that traumatic. And there's so many other options and apps and different ways that you have access to your favorite programs. Um, or maybe you want to sit in silence for a few months. Like that may be a beautiful thing for your family to experience. Um, if you need entertainment, you can borrow from your local library and, and utilize things where you're a lot more intentional about your uh, your television consumption. Um, so it, I have noticed that's been a huge benefit to our family. We do have a couple apps. I am a fan of Disney Plus. It's been helpful through COVID. Um, but when my kids sit down to watch TV, they're not just flipping it on and sitting there for hours. It's much more intentional. They're choosing to watch a program and then I know their program's over and we turn it off. So I feel like there's been a whole slew of benefits that I was not even anticipating when we decided to cut the cable cord. It's not for everyone. It worked for the Canos, but you know what though? I thought it could never work for the Canos. And here we are a couple months in and I feel like we're a happier family because of it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool, Caitlin. And, and like you said, you're a family of four. So it's very easy for, I'm sure, for any one of your four children, of four children to want to yeah. watch something. So, but that's a really interesting, what you were saying in the beginning about it has other effects, other positive effects, right? Like you're not buying those those extra snacks or extra treats mm -hmm. or extra toys because your kids aren't being exposed to that. That's a really cool benefit that like, I didn't even think of that. So that's super cool. Um, I'm yeah. And you know, what I ended up doing is whenever I bought my house, I, I don't watch much TV. So I was like, I'm not going to pay all of this money to watch TV. So I ended up just getting Netflix and there's different, you know, different Hulu, Netflix, all of those um, fire stick mm -hmm. things you can get, which are different options if you still want to watch certain shows. But what I even ended up doing is my brother also cut his cable. So we just split the Netflix. So it's like we both use it and we just split the cost. So I pay like seven bucks a month for like Netflix. And that's my cable expense, you know? And honestly, I haven't told them yet, but I think I might cut the Netflix. <laughs> I have to talk to him about that. <laughs> I haven't used it. <laughs> I haven't used it. So I don't want to spend seven bucks a month if I don't need to. So I actually, thanks for the reminder. I have to speak to him about that later. <laughs> and I will tell you, those apps are really smart in that they know that once you turn on a subscription, your likelihood of turning it off is very low. Yep. So if you have a subscription for one of these apps um, and you're not using it, turn it off for a few months until you decide to use it again. So just think about that when you um, agree to these subscriptions, they're, they're doing it banking on the fact that you're not going to turn it off yeah. for, you know, indefinitely. Yeah. So that's just one, one first little tip about house hacking your cable and just see what, what option works for you and your family. Cause you know, every family might have different, different 
cable or watching needs or desires. So the next tip that I found very interesting was excessive insurance. So this is something that before I even did this research, I hadn't thought much of. But since then, I have been able to contact my insurance, my house insurance, and really look into it because there's little things like if you maybe have way too much coverage for something you don't need, or maybe your premium is just, just there's so many options about insurance. I know that when I got my insurance, I just, yes, all of it, give me all of the insurance. And then in this process, I've gone back and I've looked at it and I was like, okay, but what do I really need for my house insurance? Like, do I have a lot of valuables in here? It's a good thing to look at those, I think. What do you think about that, Caitlin? Um, that's a really good question. And insurance is something, I mean, hope it's it's the best money you hope to ever waste right like hopefully you'll never need your insurance yeah. but the thought is when you need insurance it's because you need a large sum of money because there was some tremendous loss of some sort so i wouldn't say there i mean don't skip on insurance this is one of those like high priority things in our in our finances but that being said check and make sure you're properly properly insured for where you are in your life right now. Because often we get insurance and then we walk away and don't bother looking at it for years and years and years because we just feel like, oh, we set it up once and we, you know, this is not one area we want to crockpot our finances, set it and forget it. You want to be looking at this, um, you know, maybe on a annual basis, maybe on a semi-annual basis and make sure that you're properly insured for where you are in your life right now. So um, what I would say to this is that if you have um, some kind of policy, just relook at it, read the fine print. I would guess that, I mean, I would venture to say over 99% of people don't actually read their insurance policies. And they're fascinating documents, maybe just because I'm a geek. We were laughing before this episode that you find, <laughs> do you want to show the, the, the audience what book you're saying was very fascinating, oh, which is beautiful. My, my current read that I'm enjoying thoroughly is the United States... <laughs> Catholicism for adults. And I'm just enjoying the heck out of this book. It is so fascinating to me. So I'm a geek also. Don't worry, Caitlin. We're just geeks in different ways. In but. different ways. Yeah. So you're reading the Catechism for Pleasure reading. I will read insurance <laughs> documents and just see what they're saying in there. But I will say, even though this is something I tend to be pretty on top of, when we purchased our house and I was going through what kind of insurance we'd be going to need for having this, this uh, new property... Um, something they mentioned, I didn't realize we hadn't turned off an insurance for my engagement ring. My husband had turned on insurance wow. when, um, he bought my engagement ring 15 years ago and we never turned it off. And I was doing the math as to how much he's paid for insurance over the course of the 15 years. We could have fully replaced my ring once. Stop. By the insurance. And I love my ring. I love it. If I were to lose it, I don't see myself replacing it with something of the same value. Mm. That's not a priority in my life right now. And that money could have been better spent in my kid's college fund or, you know, something else. So um, we decided to turn off that policy because it's not something that is important to us at this point. And, it's, you know, so we, we looked at it, but we only looked at it because we went through and read the documents and realized what we were paying for and did the math. So just look at your insurance, see if it's something that fits with where you are in your life right now. If you have a significant emergency fund, you may be able to increase your deductible and that will decrease your premiums. So just look at it, see where you are right now. Insurance is something we tend to really, insurance is something we really should have. So I'm not saying cut your insurance. 
If your car is a clunker, maybe you only need collision. So look at those things. Where are you at right now? What's the value of your objects? How do I properly insure them responsibly? And relook at this, at this periodically so you're properly insured. Yeah, I think the idea of going back is a great idea because I did that and I was like, whoa, okay, well, can definitely change some stuff here. So yeah, good thing to take a look at. Maybe you won't find it as intriguing as Caitlin does, but still important to read. <laughs> and if you don't, you can go read the catechism, <laughs> which is a beautiful document. I love it. But <laughs> so Not the most intriguing read, but if you're geeky like either one of us, you'll find one of those interesting. I think we'll have to make a, a separate book list, like an actual book list right. to read that are not insurance documents and the catechism somewhere in the middle. <laughs> So the next thing, I'm kind of a geek about this. I get really into it and then I stop. But the next thing is cleaning products. I don't know about mm -hmm. you, Caitlin, but I, when I moved into my house, I bought all the cleaning products, toilet bowl, bleach, every kind of cleaning product imaginable. And I wanted the strongest stuff out there. Um, and one way that we can really just kind of save on money in that and also probably be a little bit healthier than using bleach on everything is to make your own cleaning products. So I will periodically like go online and look for stuff and how to make it. And you will be amazed. Vinegar and baking soda can clean so many things. I'm not sure what you guys use in your house, but I know for me very often I will go and just make a bottle of, you know, vinegar, baking soda, some water and use it to clean a bunch of stuff. How do you guys do it at your house, Caitlin? Um, yeah. So my husband is a cleaning product geek. He loves them. Like it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I love him, but it, he loves any product, all the products, give him all the products. Right. And uh, a couple of years ago, just, you know, becoming aware of the chemicals my kids were exposed to and whatnot, we started going down the route of vinegar, baking soda. It can clean a lot of stuff. It really is fantastic. And you don't need all the products. I haven't been able to convince my husband of that all the time yet, but you know, it's, it's still, it's, it's a pretty good solution. And, um, so we will do the vinegar, the baking soda and use that for a lot of the different, um, things that we have to clean in our household. When you, when you were doing the research, you, you came across something that talked about, uh, the laundry residue and our clothes yeah. and how much we overuse detergents and soaps. And that spoke to me because I have a stinky teenager here and if I use too much soap, I love him. He's so, he's so smart. He's so smart. But if he uses too much soap and he, you know, he'll do his laundry because we're trying to get him to be self-sufficient and you have the, the double strength detergent because that's the standard for everyone now at the high efficiency machines. And he will, I saw him fill up the entire cup of soap. And I was wondering why he was, it wasn't getting his clothes as clean. And I was realizing it was all the residue that was sticking to his clothes and then his, you know, he would sweat and it would stick to the soap within his clothes. Oh. So we had to do a few different washes without soap to get that out of his clothes. So he didn't, you know, so anyways, just know that you could be way overusing products and wasting a ton of money on expensive things like laundry soap. And it's not cheap. One of the big, you know, jugs from mm -hmm. uh, a big box store can be 20, 30 bucks for a large family. And, you know, if you're using a whole cupful, which is probably three to four times what you need, oh. you're going through a lot more soap. So you may just want to look at to how much how much soap you're using based on what your machine calls for, and um, and how much your your family's using in total, and and kind of scale back from there. But um, yeah, when it comes to general cleaning, I'm with you. Baking soda, vinegar, it does amazing things. It really does. It cleaned mm -hmm. my the it unclogged my sink. I've used it on my oven. Like I was amazed and. 
I, I, there's something about cleaning with bleach that I feel it's like, it's just cleaner, but I know it's not like the baking soda. It scrubs just as well. And also the other thing that I started doing was just using a microfiber cloth. I got mm-hmm. these little blue cloths from the dollar store really. And it, it almost, it's like magical. I use it on everything with a little bit of water. I clean my countertops. I clean my floors sometimes. If there's like, I have a spill on the floor. I'll just clean it with the micro, microfiber cloth. So there's a bunch of ways that you can maybe use a little bit less cleaning product, especially if you have a child who uses way more than they're supposed yes. to use. Yeah. But that's so awesome that he's doing his own stuff. But yeah, that's definitely a lot of detergent he's putting on his clothes. We're trying to let him do his own stuff. But then that's I see awesome. those things and I'm like, <laughs> oh man yeah that's great but so yeah just some different ways you can and you can google anything and it'll tell you like how much baking soda to use or if mm-hmm. you, you don't have baking soda another product you can use in your house so go ahead and just google that and you'll get a bunch of different diy at home ways to make some cleaning products um one thing i found that told me to add one of those sites was like oh add some peppermint so like it smells good then my house smelled like christmas for like two or three days, which was not a bad thing, but it was like summertime. So I was like, okay, smells like Christmas, but it's July. That's okay. <laughs> Getting ready. I wonder what you could use in the summer, lavender? I'm sure lavender or any other of those, whatever you find that you like, but yeah, peppermint was the one that I found. So I used it. It smelled nice. <laughs> it smelled really nice. A candy cane in July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oxymoron, right? Yeah. So the next thing that I ended up finding was um, just different services that I know I'm super guilty of. If I need, I don't know, I need, I needed my gutters installed, which I honestly don't know if I can do that myself, but I just called the guy and I'm like, Hey, can you come do my gutters? You know, a hundred something dollars there. And then I needed something fixed. Okay. I just, I just call the guys that I have in my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, can you come? You're an electrician. Can you come do this? And there's some stuff that I think obviously a professional has yeah. to do. But I think there's many things that we can look into and kind of do ourselves. Or if you have uh, some teenagers at your house or in your neighborhood, you could ask them to do yeah. for a much cheaper price than actually calling, you know, someone to come, I don't know, hang a wall painting for you or something. Yeah. And this goes back to like the whole, um, do you have more time or money to throw <clears throat> at a project? Right. So that's something you have to kind of ask yourself when you're deciding which home projects to take on and which ones you want to outsource and have help with. And I mean, there are some things, especially if the skill level is something that they, you know, like an electrician, I don't, I would not mess with that personally. I think that's worth the value and worth the schooling they've gone through to be trained as electrician, but you know, mowing the lawn and doing those different things. If you have the time to do it and you have more time than money, then by all means, it's worth, you know, saving the money there and doing it yourself. Um, And I will say as a homeowner, YouTube can be your best friend. Yes. There are amazing tutorials, amazing things, DIY videos. I just refinished. uh, My mom uh, gave me her beautiful uh, dining room table that she had for years and years. And it was a beautiful piece. And it's just been scratched and like, you know, been damaged throughout the years. So I went to YouTube, figured out how to completely remove the stain, do the whole project. It took me a lot longer than I was expecting. So probably one I probably should have thrown money at rather than all the time that I did. But it turned out beautifully. And now I have the pride of like, I did this project. Yeah. You know, and it was my mom's table. And now I have ownership in this table. And I will say, though, that there is some studies that show that um, there's, you know, a certain threshold where people reach their peak of happiness with their income. And I want to say it's around like $71,000 a year. And after that, there's no 
the additional income doesn't equate to additional happiness, mm -hmm. right? But they were pointing to that number because that number allows people to outsource some things um, where they get time. So if you are spending your entire Saturday mowing your lawn and it's exhausting and you're not resetting and you're not rejuvenated for the week, yeah. maybe that's something you do want to hire out. So just look at that in your personal situation and determine if that's something you want to do on your own. You can afford to, you know, get the the tools and the necessary things and the value is there, or maybe you want to outsource it. But um, but either way, it, it's worth knowing what the value is within your life and, and how much money you'd be saving you if you were to do it on your own. Yeah. I'm one of those folks that I don't have the resources to do it on my own as far as money goes, but mm -hmm. I am the first one. I, Caitlin, hate DIY projects. I... I, I do not. And my mother, bless her soul. She, she's like, no, I'll help you. So she comes and helps me and she's so good. And she has her own little toolbox and she helped me like hang all my shelves in my closet. But I'm the person that I will call all of my friends. and like, who knows how to do this? Who wants to come help me? Because I don't want to do this and I don't know how to do it. And I don't want to learn how to do it. I just want it done. So I am that person that really needs to look at this area and thank the Lord. I have some friends that I told them, I told one of my friends, oh, I'm going to call someone to come hang my curtains. I can't do it. I need a drill that goes through metal. And he was like, Diana, stop. I'm a carpenter. I have all of these tools. It would be a joy to come and help you. I'm like, really? He's like, yes. And I just made him some food and we had a, a little meal and I, that was how I paid him. But mm -hmm. I have friends who are like, you need to stop. Like, you're not calling someone to do this. I will help you. Like, I'm like, okay, perfect. Because I didn't want to do it anyways. <laughs> and that's like a double win for you. You get the help. And then yeah. you get the friendship and yeah. then, yeah. yeah. How awesome, sure. right? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm quick to, uh, this is one that like, really, I was like, okay, I need to be better about that. I just, yeah, DIY is not my thing, not my thing at all, but. We all have our own blessings. Yeah. So the last thing that I found that was pretty interesting as well, because I, I know I live in Miami and you're over there in another really hot state as well, mm -hmm. but electricity, right? And so how we can kind of lower that. And I think. As a teacher, it struck a chord because we always talk about like, oh, turn off the lights and like little things here and there. And I know that as a teacher, I tell my kids all of those things, but then I don't always practice them at home. Um, so I know one thing I started doing is I, if I'm not home, the air goes all the way up. Like I don't need the air on 70, anything if I'm not home, like let's put it to 80. And then when I get home, I lower it. But just there's different ways around our house that we can help to lower your electricity bill, which I'm not sure how yours is, but ours gets pretty high down here in Miami. It is insane. And yeah, you're in Miami. I'm in Vegas. These cities grew on air conditioning. That's yeah. <laughs> these, these places have grown to the tremendous size that they're at. So, yeah. It's, it's not something you can totally turn off, but it's something we need to be aware of. And I mean, there's all these little things like, like you, you as a teacher, you teach your kids to, in your classroom to shut off the lights and unplug appliances that you're not using because there's still an electric fee to your toaster, even when your toaster is not running, if it's plugged in. So there's all those little tips. It's just a matter of implementing them. We know what to do. Yeah. We just have to implement them. But yeah, I agree. If you're out of the house for a good chunk of the day, your AC can can crank up and there's um, cool little uh, things you can put onto your thermostat where it's, you know, programmed to kick back on and have your house cooler by the time you come home, but it's not going to be running throughout the day. So look into those different cost saving measures, reach out to your utility company. A lot of utility companies, especially in these hotter states, already have programs in place to help you save electricity because it behooves them not to be running 
Diana's AC all day when an elderly person could use it, you know, and, and it, it's going to be shifting the energy where it needs to yeah. be. So look into your utility companies, see what they have, what offerings they have, what they recommend. But also, um, as we're going into winter months, the southern states, we get to take a breather with our utility bills. But up north, their gas bills are going to be jumping because they're going to be turning on their heat. So now is probably a good time of year. Check your windows, check your, um, you know, all those little spots where heat escapes and do those projects now before you get that first big bill in November reminding you that you have leaky spots in your house. Yeah. And just little things like, you know, if, if you have gas versus electricity, that's great. Or if you can turn off the, the heater when you do your dishes on the dishwasher, just little things like that, which again, seem insignificant, but a few dollars here and that makes a big difference. The one thing that you just said that reminded me, yeah, I learned, I don't know when that things that are plugged in still are, have a current going through mm -hmm. them. I was like, oh my goodness. So now I don't do it all the time, but when I leave my house for like vacation, which hasn't happened because of COVID, but I'll unplug things I'm not using, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's a little thing, but all of those things add up. And That's I just want to remind our listeners, you know, when we're going back to our biblical principles of personal finance and we're, we're thinking about how we're spending our money, there is a beautiful verse that I love that, you know, keeps me on, on track. It's Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. Precious treasure and oil are in the house of the wise but the fool consumes them. Mm. So if we can reduce our consumption, um, make sure that we have our, you know, those proper insurances, have the emergency fund in place and not be wasting money on just being mindless about our consumption within our household. Um, we always say there's over 2,500 verses in the Bible that have to do with managing money and managing our possessions and saving money within our household. That's no different. It, it was something that people dealt with thousands of years ago. We're still dealing with it today. Yeah. And we just need to be aware. Yeah. So that's the list we have for you guys. But if you guys have any other things that you do around your house, we would love to hear how you save a few dollars around your house and we can maybe share it on one of our next podcasts. But Caitlin, this was fun. And I think hopefully we gave some good little tips that people can implement in their daily lives. Maybe not all of them, but a few of them would be helpful, I think. And um, yeah, I love that you always find a scripture that goes with what we're talking about. Those always make me smile. So thank you for that scripture. It is all there. It's all there. We just need to go to scripture. It's all there. It's beautiful. Or the catechism. You can yeah. go to the catechism. <laughs> Check with Diane on that one. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to talk about a, a, a legit book list for people to read. That, we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, do you mind closing us up in prayer? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Father, yeah. Son, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Thank you for this time together. We just pray that you can open our eyes to ways that we can make changes in our lives to glorify you better, to make your name more known to others. We pray that we can have open hearts and open ears to hear and know what you want from us, Lord. We thank you for all the ways that you've blessed our lives with homes and jobs and friends and family. And we just pray for continued blessing on us and all of our listeners. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. In the name of the amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please subscribe and share it with a friend? We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or ideas for future episode topics, you can email us at podcast at compasscatholic.org or you can give us a call at 407-878-7637. We are so happy to be on this journey with you.